You're listening to How the F Do I with Marta and Ben. We are back, back. Season two, season, season two, two, season, season two. two. Here season we go, two. season two. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is super exciting. We are we rewrapped season one a couple months ago, and took a little bit of a break because we summer, all need to have a look. We needed a little bit of a break, mm-hmm. and uh, and just. I mean, let season one breathe. I mean, it's still rocking and rolling. Like, and, and kind of like, let's be real. Let us breathe because we have full-time jobs. We and live in different cities. We live in different cities. I have a child. We, gotta child. Just, we yeah. just got to have some It's time. the summertime. It's summertime. So, so sorry if we abandon you, but we need self-care, everybody. Self-care is very important. Mm-hmm. But um, we are excited to jump back into season two. We are full steam ahead for the rest of the year, and we are kicking it off um, with, uh, with another amazing episode. Yeah. And, um, I'm really excited about this episode for a number of reasons. Oh, wait, Ben, we yeah. need to, we need to, we forgot something. Oh, right. We need to talk about our new name. We do have to, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we can't stress enough. The, um, Apple, we're not allowed to say any version of fuck F star star anything. Nothing. And so in order to make it more searchable, we are how the F do I? We are officially changing our name to How the F Do I Podcast. You can still find us on Instagram at How the Fuck Do I Podcast because yeah, you can say the shit out of fuck on Instagram. And, and, and in the episodes. And in the We're episodes. encouraging all of our guests to just fucking swear away. Just fucking do it. Yeah. But we are How the F Do I Podcast just yes. to make it a little more searchable. So um, good call. Sorry. That's kind of important. Sorry. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's a rebrand. It's a rebrand. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's the remix. But yeah, like Marta said, um, we always are looking for your feedback. So uh, hit us up on Instagram. How the fuck do I podcast? Uh, you know, be sure to share this episode. If you love this episode, get, you know, tell us what topics you want to talk about. DM us what you want to learn. We're here for a whole season of learning and doing and figuring out how to do the adult season. thing. We're trying yes. to do it. So now with we can that go said, in. Now we can go into it. <laughs> Okay, so I'm excited because our guest today is Meg. You can say hi, Meg. Hi, guys. Meg and I have known each other for a a long time, a while, (laughs) a while through mutual friends. Can we get, do we have any idea? Like, at least since 2006, 2007, 2006. Okay. 2006 would be 13 years. 13 years. 12, 13 years. And crazy enough, she's like really good friends with my current boss, which is wild. Yeah, that's right? such a small world. And we have another mutual connection named Andy too. Shout out yeah. to Andy too, bringing people together. Um, but when I met Meg, she was working for this agency called Davy Brown. So yes. Can we talk about Davy Brown? I've been yeah. To, is that okay. Yeah. Um, for 13 years, and then she was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm ready for something new. Yep. And she was, she made this incredible career transition. She was at the agency for 13 years with this amazing career transition to become a food stylist and a blogger. And now she's like the queen of cheese boards. Like if you've ever made a cheese board, there's a 99% chance it was influenced by her Instagram handle. Um, she's a cheese board influencer. Like that's a thing. How it's cool a thing. is that? And thing. She has nearly 140,000 followers on her handle. Ain't too proud to make. It's Meg Quinn. Woo! Woo! Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my first podcast. Oh my God. I'm You're so excited. nailing it already. Oh my God. We okay. got Meg Quinn for her first podcast. <laughs> so How exciting. awesome is that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, we're just talking to friends, like we said. Yes, it's, it's no big deal. So, okay. So we talked about how we're connected. So let's talk about where you grew up and what made you fall in love with cheese boards or food okay. and design. So I grew up not too far from here, Burbank. 
818. Um, 818. So I haven't, and this is kind of a theme that we'll talk about. Like I didn't have much change in my life. Like I've lived in LA all my life. I mean, Burbank, I up upgraded, maybe are you even allowed to say that to like Miracle Mile, but I've been here my whole life other than like studying abroad. Um, my parents were both in the service industry. So my dad had a valet parking business. Oh, wait, wait. Does Tony know this? No, it's Tony, obsessed with valet. He, he used to be a valet. <laughs> he used to work as a valet parker and he like loves to use that badge of honor. So we need to talk about oh, you. Should talk, sorry. Is it like an honor to be a valet? Yes. He's uh, like, I have my valet jacket still in the economy tanks. I can put it on and make money. Like he likes <laughs> to throw that out. Oh God, sorry. Well, I have like a different reaction to it because I'm a horrible driver. Like I'm not a great driver. So I was always very uncomfortable as in like, you're like, I just what it wasn't for me, but that said, like we grew up in LA, he did a lot of entertainment industry parties. So there were a lot of like times where my high school friends and I like did the Oscars. We did like the Vanity Fair Oscar party and like open the limo doors, like welcome to the Oscar. You know, it was like a lot of that stuff, which was really cool. Driving, not so much. So I tended to help out my mom more who was in catering. So that's kind of where like the food influence came in. Um, her and I both are not cooks. So it's a little like counterintuitive, but from her, I learned the art of presentation. So it was all about like, how do you make things look beautiful for your guests? And I mean, like very like eighties type stuff. Where um, not even look at how popular it is now. I was going to oh, say like, but like the things I learned was like fanning the napkin, you know, like, Oh, I, by the way, also I know how to do a napkin fan. Cause do I worked you? in catering and oh. it's, it's my best party trick that I have. Wow. Okay. In fact, we should do a video of it and we could put it, I can still do the napkin. I want to see. I, I need some cocktail napkins and a wrist and I'm good. We could do like a competition. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I have some napkins. We'll make it work. We'll, we'll make out. it work. We'll figure okay. it out. Sorry. We continued guys. Um, so I learned the art of presentation from her that people eat with their eyes. And that's always been something in me, but like kind of like forgot about it, so to speak, while I was like had my other career. That said, cheese boards have always been my thing. Like I, because I'm not a cook, but I love to entertain. I love to have friends over. It was always like my way of pulling the wool over people's eyes. Cause like you get to a party, they see this beautiful cheese board. They're not thinking about the fact that you haven't cooked it. They're just saying that's like yummy. And it's got everything on it that I love. And um, everyone loves cheese boards. I mean, like you come into a party, like you look sophisticated. It's not like you're throwing like salsa and chips out. Like, holy oh, yeah. shit. Like it's a game changer when you have a cheese board. It's totally. true. And like, it's since evolved in that I feel like anything can be served in the form of a board. Like if I, like again, don't cook, but if I had Chinese takeout and I had a bunch of friends over, I'd like fan out the egg rolls around the leg dumpling sauce or whatever the sauce is. It's like, for me, it's about like making your guests feel special that you've taken some care into what you're presenting. That's awesome. Love ben, that. do you feel like you fan out your Chinese takeout <laughs> for people? I don't. <laughs> I've like heard on the podcast about ramen. Like, how can we make that like more special? For well, you? you know, what's funny that you mentioned ramen is like, I, I, cause I'm a single dude living by myself. <laughs> I do eat top ramen and I do try to make like more of my own sophisticated top ramen where I throw an egg in it or I'll throw extra ingredients in it and obviously throw out like the sauce packet or whatever, yeah. but just like, just a, you're Oh, a this is legit stylist. ramen. Yeah. I'm a food stylist. I think that we should challenge Meg to style your ramen. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be curious to know how you would style ramen I for sure. Look Instagram worthy for sure. Oh my God. We're going to have to please? go back to this. Oh my God. This is amazing. But it's also like, st like food styling is like, even if your food is not good, just make it look good. Yeah. That's, that's, the take out. that's the takeaway right you know there. What I mean? First takeaway right there. <laughs> totally. So, okay. So you, like I said, you worked at this huge agency and then 
you know, what inspired the change? Were you just like, you know what? I just love cheese too much. I'm over <laughs> this. This is exactly where I want to get know, you to. You weren't a risk taker. Like what, what prompted so, that change? This is abs- I'm so glad that this is something that you guys invited me on to talk about because I'm just like a huge believer in that, like a career transition can be done. And I was in a position where I didn't feel like it was possible. I felt very stuck. So 13 years in a job that was good, you know, it was like something that I felt like I shouldn't be complaining about. I was working on like entertainment properties like 30 Rock and The Office and integrating brands into them and like doing cool shit because I'm allowed to say that. You totally are. Fuck yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm doing fucking cool shit, guys. But um, it just wasn't fulfilling me. And it eventually turned into like more like advertising based stuff. And I knew I wanted out, but you kind of like if you're good at something and you're making money, it's like kind of hard to justify. Totally. You're like, what am I doing? And I remember specifically like my dad, you know, because that's like old school, like our parents generation is very much like, well, don't ruin a good thing. You got a great thing going. You got health insurance. You got this. You got a 401k. And I just was like, you're right. You know, and so I my role changed in the agency a few times within there, but I just knew I wanted something different. So. One of my biggest lessons that I want to talk about today is like, it's literally about taking the first step and that you may not know where you're going to end up because I didn't set out to be a food stylist. It's not like after 13 years, I was like, I'm going to be a food stylist. It literally was not at all on the trajectory, but it's just about taking the first step and getting started. So, so yeah, I thought I wanted to be interior designer and I went to like take interior design classes and like that was going to be my thing. But that's not at all how it ended up. So um, so I can tell you what happened. Basically, in in absence of like having a portfolio, like the thing nowadays is to like on Instagram, show your work. So I had a coworker that's like, start if you want to be an interior designer, start taking pictures of your house and posting them on Instagram. And that's what I did. And I got traction and it was like really fun. I started growing. How did you get the traction though? Like, did you use hashtags or like, how did you kind of pick up that? that natural flow. So hashtags for sure. I think with Instagram, it's about building a community. So I, it's so funny. I look back now and I was doing things that I think people teach you in terms of like Instagram course, how to grow, but I was doing it naturally because it was something that I loved and was passionate about. So I'd like see someone else that posted a really cool picture and I'd comment on their photo and then I'd share it or like, you know, the big account. So like Emily Henderson, she's like, I don't know if you guys know her. She's like an interior design, like blog expert came up in like the 2000 10 when like the bloggers were first starting and I was obsessed with her and I tag her in things and then she'd repost my stuff. So it is about like all about like, first of all, creating beautiful images, but sparking conversation with others so that you like want to share things. Yeah. It's like naturally like getting yourself into the community of what you want to be doing and, and like interacting with them, supporting them. It's almost like if you support the people around you in your community, they're going to do the same for you. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like forced. Like I think nowadays there are things and not to like get too into the weeds with the conversation, but there are things now where like people have, Oh God, they're like comment pods and like, you know, you and 20 other bloggers have to comment on everyone else's. Like, I think we were doing that organically before if it's forced, it's never going to work. Yeah. So I was an interior design blogger for a little bit. And at the same time, and you had your job at the agency yes. while doing this blog. And yeah. this was completely off to the side. It was a lot of like Spanish architecture pictures. I remember. Yes. I, I remember that phase. Yes. So many, there's, there's been phases. And I think that's like the thing when we talk about career transition, like allow the phases yeah. for sure. Like Absolutely. I love transition. that. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. So basically what happened is I was 
doing this, doing a lot of interior design stuff. And then I was in a relationship at the time and we were entertaining a ton. And again, I don't cook. So my solve was cheese boards. And I just would post those boards every so often. And what happened is that those those posts became more popular. They got the most traction. People started asking, how'd you do that? So essentially in terms of when we talk about Instagram, it's listening to your audience. Like that's what the audience wanted. So about two years ago, I like made a concerted effort to make my space on there, my handle, a resource for people. So it's like actually having value so people can come and learn something. We know that's what we're trying to do with this whole podcast. It's yeah. all about being a resource for people to learn. That's all it is. Yeah. And that's the thing. And like, that's why I say, um, it's all about taking the first step. Again, you like, you don't need to know what the whole staircase looks like. You just take that freaking first step and you go. And that's how I feel about like you guys in the podcast. It's like, I want to do a podcast. You just do it. You don't talk about it for years. You freaking do it. Yep. And that's what you guys have done. No, Thank I love you. you saying that because that's always been a really big thing for me of like wanting to do this podcast. It's like you think about, okay, well, I want it to be in this certain way and I want it to sound amazing. And like, I want it to look X like this, you know, but it, then you just don't do it because no. you just keep reiterating like what you want it to be and then it just got to a point where i was like fuck it like we just need to just record a shitty episode and see what yeah. happens and that's been yeah. our philosophy really yeah absolutely back yeah, to meg but no no totally paralyzed but would you say that the first step was the hardest the hardest step or i guess i didn't know what i was doing like i think it's just about i guess it's a great question. I mean, I think to be honest, like a career transition is not for the faint of heart. It's hard. Yeah. I still don't make all my money from like my Instagram account. I have side hustles. I do other things, but I know I eventually will. And like, I'm building something great. Um, so I guess, yeah, maybe like the first step is the hardest in terms of like committing to it, like believing yourself and like freaking doing something and not just being talked. Yep. Yeah. What are some of the other steps that you've taken to kind of solidify it to be a true career change? Like what was the point where you were like, all right, I'm dropping. Yeah. I want to know job. that tipping point because now you're, you were building a following like these cheese boards naturally kind of started picking up. Where did you like feel like, Oh shit, this is like next level. Well, I mean, it's so funny cause I don't always feel that way even now, but like you have to believe in yourself. Um, I think my, I was more in the design space when I left my other job. I just, again, when you're not happy, like you have to like make a change and you have to shake it up. Um, and again, it was like a great job. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a bad place. It just wasn't for me anymore. I have no, I can completely relate. And like, just to connect the dots, you know, before I got into jobs, working in employer brand and engagement and culture and social impact, I was on paper doing the sexiest job. I mean, I was running an event team that put on live production events for huge bands. And it was probably someone's dream job. And I would cry. I mean, I had a brand new baby. I was gone all the time. I would cry and my team would see me cry. And I was like this, I'm miserable. So it's, I think what I used to say to people is like, I'm doing someone else's dream job. It's not my dream job. Yes. And I think that there's, it's not putting down the job you had it's just it's not, not for you totally you feel like kind of silly too like you feel silly letting go of something good um like I remember sitting in front of my computer after I made the transition and signing up for healthcare, and I was like are you I paid zero for healthcare before now I'm paying $500 a month and it's not as good of healthcare. but like am I not supposed to follow my dream because of healthcare? You know, like you just have to like, you just have to do it. Somehow I afford it now. Like, right. I don't know how, but you just, you, you make it work. Right. So I would say the tipping point was like 
ripping the bandaid off. I had side hustles where I was doing social because I like started growing my social media. I knew I could do this for other people and I knew I could work freelance doing it. So just even local things like local restaurants, um, like urban development, these like high rise apartment buildings in LA, I knew I could do that on my own time. And so I just like started doing it. And that's where I knew I could make a living and then also pursue my my own like passions into the cheese board game. So are you literally doing, I mean, would you go to work during the day, have a normal day and then come home and you would put in hours at at night? Like you were, you were working two full jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about social media. It's a 24 hour job. I mean, I'm not waking up at 4am checking messages, but like you could essentially be on all the time. Um, And you have to create boundaries and I'm still getting better at that. But I think when you are like, when I was leaving that other job, I got two clients like probably three or four months before I left doing the freelance. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this and I can get more. It's like believing in yourself and like just knowing the universe is going to, I mean, whatever you believe, like God, the universe, whatever, like it's going to take care of you as long as like you're a good person and you're trying your best. Yeah. So tell us about that point where you were made that decision. Like, okay, I'm quitting today. (laughs) Like I woke up and here I go. It's all cheese boards all the time now for me. Like what was that little transition like? Like, I mean, I allowed myself to have a little bit of a break because again, 13 years in the same place, you're like, Oh, I'm exhausted. Um, it was okay. So it was like a weird time. Cause I also left a relationship at that time. So it was like balls to the wall. Like we're doing it. Universe has a plan. <laughs> You're dropping <laughs> <plan>. everything. <laughs> it was really scary, but it was also like, Oh my God. Like, and it, here's the other thing that you got to listen to your body too. Like I was getting sick. I was getting sick. I had like back pains and like it literally was cause I was fighting the universe or fighting what was supposed to happen. And if you have a sense of relief about these things, like that says something. Yeah. Like, oh, thank God. I don't have to do that. Absolutely. It's like a big deal. It so is. Like listen to your gut. You know, I was denying mine for a really long time, but I also I'm risk averse. I like don't do anything like that. Like this is crazy that I did it. Like I, and again, like feels like weird talking about yourself and boosting yourself up, but like I'm proud of it. You, you, you should be proud of it. I think anytime anyone takes a risk, whether it's a failure or it's a, it's a celebration and it's successful, like we 100%. should celebrate those things. I mean, we that's exactly every piece of them. Yeah. That's exactly why we wanted to have you on the show. Yeah. You know, to, to help people encourage well, that. That's right. That's let's, amazing. Let's talk about this uphill battle, though, because yeah. I think this is interesting. Like, because I think like, you know, but do it, guys. Uphill battle. Do it. But do it. Because I, I think it's important. Like, like you said, in social media, it's easy to see that every like it makes it seem like everything is so easy and all the time. And um, I think it's good to be very real about it. So, I mean, we wanted to know what are your what were your biggest failures? What were your biggest learnings from doing this transition? So failure, failure is such a hard one, because like, again, I am that type of person. Like there is a path, a universe like I was supposed to have that failure. But I would say not believing in myself sooner. Like I thought I was going to have to go back to school. Like I really, I came to terms with, oh my God, I'm going to be like mid thirties and be an intern for someone like, and guess what? I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I just had to believe in myself and start my own thing. Like, I'm not saying like, I don't do dirty work, but I also like, I thought I was going to have to like quit and like go to school, take out a student loan. Like you just, I, I didn't believe that it could have been mine. I thought I could like work for someone else and boost their brand, not knowing like I could build my own brand. And I think I wish I would have believed in that sooner. I love that you said that because a lot of people think that if you make a career transition change and a lot of people will tell you, well, yeah, you can do that, but you're going to have to start from the bottom. 
and work your way up. And I don't think that's true. You know, I, especially if you have a passion for something and are excited and have been doing it maybe off to the side that no one's been noticing for a while. Yeah, I really appreciate that you said that because that's, that's big. That's, I think that's a fear for a lot of people is like, now I'm 36 or, you know, 37. And like, now I'm going to have to be an intern. No, you don't. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's like, I'm a food stylist. Cause I say I'm a food stylist. I don't have a certification. Like I didn't bring to you guys my diploma of food styling. Like I, actually we're gonna need you to present that before we finalize <laughs> <laughs> the legitimacy of it. It's cause I do it and there's proof on the internet that I do it, but like we're professional podcasters. Marta. We are fucking professional. Actually, you know, what's funny. <laughs> well, it's right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. not able to finger up. Um, no, you know, what's really funny is one of our previous guests, uh, sparkle Thornton said like, she was like, you need to take amateur podcaster off your, off your Instagram. And I was, I was like, you're right. She's like, you're not amateur. Like what you do, it's people enjoy it. And I was like, you're right. And then Meg, um, Megan, who we had on our uh, podcast, who was a chef, she is like, I didn't go to culinary school. I took courses and I just deleted myself and I'm a chef and I'm doing it. So that's actually very common. You got a hundred percent. What makes you amateur? Nothing about it. It's on, it's on Apple iTunes, you know, like it's there, you're talking, you're having great conversations. Yeah. Just, I think, so if we talk about failure, it's like, yeah, why wait to believe in yourself? Like, let's just do it now. Yeah. And, and it comes with hard work. And there's a trend. Like there's a whole, I was reading an article last week about minternships, which is this idea of people in their mid thirties, basically like trying to learn a new trade, a new skill in their mid thirties and learning and doing these like ap apprenticeships essentially. And they call them minternships. Oh, wow. Interesting. I've never heard that. I just watched, um, the intern. <laughs> I'm like a movie snob, but I, all of a sudden I like kind of was watching like some, like, you know, I don't even know what to call it, but like the intern with like Anne Hathaway. And I was the whole time. I'm like, this is great. You know, like, you go Robert De Niro. Oh, you get that second profession. Like, job. Killing it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing watching that movie. Well, I think, I think the bottom line is you're right. We should believe in ourselves earlier. And like, we're, everyone's very afraid of failure and it's, it's something to, to, I mean, no. figure out and not be afraid of. Yeah. Totally. It goes back to just, just try it. Yeah. You know, just post an Instagram photo of your passion or, yeah. or yeah. shoot a, shoot a video. I don't know. Just do it. And to be honest, like I failed as an interior designer. If we're going to say that, like, that's what I wanted to be. That was like my dream. And like, it just evolved into something else, but I, I feel like it involved in something better that I do better. You know, like I wasn't meant to be an interior designer. Yeah. yeah that's very interesting. So would, would you say the biggest learning then is like that is failure. Or do you have another big learning? Um, I think the guest just getting started for sure. But I do want to share like my like tips as like an Instagram, like how yeah. to like grow your Instagram. Stuff. Yeah, let's do it. People so, want to hear about that. People want to hear. So, so I think we, I mean, we kind of touched on it before, but it is listening to your audience. I think that that's what set me apart. It's like, I could have kept doing the interior design stuff. People liked it, right? They were into it. But once I started posting the cheese boards, like that was a cue for me to do more cheese boards and to like build something around it. So I think like if you're making, if you have an Instagram account, and it's not getting traction. Like, honestly, like be your own worst critic. Like, what could I do different? Like, what did people respond to? What do I have the most comments on? And like build around that. So did you start this on your personal Instagram or did you start a business Instagram? I did. Cause they were like kind of one in the same in a way. I mean, sorry. They, <laughs> I just said, I was like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> I did all of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes. Next question. Uh, <laughs> I did it on my personal, <laughs> my personal 
personal Instagram account, which, you know, at this point in time, isn't necessarily all that personal. I think like, you know, I do share my own things. I do share about career transition because people ask about that. But to me, I see mine more as a resource. I think people do want to like know who you are and connect with you. So I do need to like show my, I used to not show my face before. And it's, it's not that I'm like incapable of, but I just thought people wanted cheese boards, but I think people do want to know like the person behind it. So, so any way that you can relate to people, I mean, I've, I've like met so many cool people virtually because like they, I have a connection with them. People send me their cheese boards that they like, this is my first cheese board ever. I'm so proud of it. Oh, that's cute. That's amazing. I get to like repost and they're, you know, like I learned this from you and I get to like literally see my work in action. And again, this sounds like so cheesy, but like say like I do this like cucumber fan and then someone else does it. Like to me, that's like what life's all about. Like I didn't have to create this amazing commercial that I used to do for my, and I did like a Super Bowl spot like I've done cool things but this seeing someone like in action put cucumbers in a certain way like gives me more fulfillment than that totally and I think you reposting that resharing that showing that love back to them is like a validation of like you're gonna have a real connection with them and for for the long term that's like getting a new fan that's gonna be looking toward you for advice for the future yeah and like I it's it's such a weird thing influencer I don't call myself that like I'm just for the sake of this conversation certainly we're like saying that word and I and I believe I have influence on people but to me it's more like we're it's a community we're in it together. It's like some, I have like different types of people that follow me. One that just wants like cheese porn, right? Like they're just watching and they like think that looks cool. I have like the, the, let's say college girl that's never hosted before, but it's like really excited to have the girls over to her dorm. And like, she doesn't maybe use all my tips, but she uses like garnish. She puts rosemary on it and feels fancy. And then I have people who like recreate the same board. And then like, this is what I love the most. There's like the people that like see something I did and then take it to the next level. And it's like even better than I could have done. And like, so to me, it's like um, a conversation. It's a back and forth community where I'm learning just as much from other people. It's not about like followers. I'm an influencer. It's like, Hey, we're creating something together. Like cheese boards are trending like because we're doing it all together i mean it's the same in the podcast community like yeah. we were just talking about this our yeah. buddy andrew helping us record right now like he started his podcast and we just bounce ideas off of each other and the community is growing yep you know that's that's how everyone kind of rises to the top and um you know how you handle that in a certain level in your career you know you obviously are pretty influential in this space yet you are showing value to people that you want to come along it only continues to push everyone up yeah, as we go be, like i don't own cheese boards you know like i don't <laughs> trademark meg like, web cheese <laughs> them and like there are other people out there doing it and they're awesome and they have success too I think we can all have success I think if you have your own unique voice if you're still giving people value that's what matters there there was a time when Instagram started that people would post pretty pictures and there weren't that many content creators right it was like us personally using it but then there were like some accounts that just got really popular because they're posting really cool pretty things like the days of that are gone in my opinion like there's so much content out there you can't just come on I don't think and like just show pretty things unless it's unique and interesting and you're giving someone like some sort of value like it's not gonna fly so to me it's like we can all do it together. Like I don't have to have more followers than the next cheese influencer, so to speak. It's like, we can all 
freaking do it. So your displays and the pictures of your displays are, they are really fucking phenomenal. Like they really are. How do you take those types of pictures and, and really raise your cheese boards to a whole nother level? I mean, I assume they already are, but like the picture itself is like stunning. Thank you. So how do you do that? So the cheese speaks for itself. I feel like first and foremost, the cheese, you know, the cheese always speaks for itself. Um, (laughs) um, So I think it like obviously begins with the food and creating something beautiful. And to be honest, up until probably three months ago, they're all iPhone photos. So I am not a professional photographer. I do it on my iPhone. Honestly, like there are apps that really make things look really good. You know, like you can help like the shadow. I mean, it's all real. I'm not like superimposing. <laughs> there wasn't real Gouda on that. <laughs> that was superimposed Gouda. <laughs> it's digital. It's all digital. Um, so it's real. Um, but like, I mean, you there's um, Snapseed is my favorite app. I love Snapseed. I use that. Wait, what's what's Snapseed? I don't know it's about that. It's just a photo I app. Like write write it down. Yeah. Snapseed. Get on, it's not intuitive. I'll be honest. It's I don't think it's intuitive. Like in terms of like, but once you figure it out, yeah, you got it. You got it, it could change the game of your photos for sure. <laughs> it can like really elevate the pictures of my cat and my kid. Like it's a difference that. of like fifty likes to hundred likes. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Like I mean, download right. Snapseed. Okay, good to know. Add. But so that hashtag ad. <laughs> Wait, wait, ash. Talk to Snapseed about this. Okay, so that aside. Anyway, back to the cheese. I did start working with a good friend who is also a photographer, and it's just it's been so great um, because she uses a real camera, and more than that, like I mean, she's an amazing stylist to me. And I think one thing we can talk about in terms of transitioning your career is like you have to learn when you have to or when it's best to hire people. Like the amount of time I was spending on Snapseed, even though like I think that pictures look just like not just as good, but they looked really great. It was wasting time. Like I can send this to someone who knows how to do it is like way quicker than me. And it's one less thing I have to do. Now it's an investment. Like I'm paying her to do it, but worth it. Money well spent. Now they're like high quality images. We can, you know, let's say if I do a brand deal with someone, they could, I could sell the rights for them using an ad down the line and they can blow it up because it's not on my iPhone. That's like going to be pixelated or whatever. I think that's a fantastic point. Also knowing when to delegate things and like what is worth your time. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's the greatest lesson. I still should delegate. Delegate. Oh, was that was it because we're talking about cheese and graters? Delegate. Delegate. I thought you were making food puns. Fun fan. Me too. There's a cheese pun, you know, send them my way. I'm a big fan of that. Oh, I have so many. Yeah, I've got to hold on. Delegate my cheese. Great. Someone for sure. Okay. But um it's yeah, it's super important. Like, yeah, there's a lot of tasks that I spend so much time on that I shouldn't be. Because when you're your own business owner, you're doing everything. Right. Like from, uh, you know, like taking an email in from someone inquiring, like even if it's not even something you'd be interested in, but you have to like write back and say, no, thank you. That's actually like I get emails all the time asking me to cater a party. I'm not a caterer. I think it gets confusing on Instagram because I'm showing these boards. But like, you know, to say to someone who's looking at your boards, like I'm a content creator, I'm not a caterer, like people don't necessarily understand that right away. So like, I like to explain that to people. And so like, that's a time suck, but you know, you got to answer emails. Um, one great new career thing that just happened to me is I brought on a management team. So Woo-hoo. Oh, that's great. Like, Congratulations. Round of applause. Thank you. Marta has friends that are also part of that, that management team. And to me, it, um, it's just like, I, I can do brand deals. Cause that's like, 
the background that I have. I used to work with brands. I know the marketing language. And I think that that like makes me, you know, more of value working with these brands because I know how to deliver for them. But the time that you spend negotiating, like that's a person's job. And so you're like, then I can't, you know, create a cheese board to post. And so you have to be able to like maintain all these spears within like your business. Um, so like, that's huge. And that's new for me, but I'm like, so grateful to have help. Yeah, absolutely. Can we stay on the topic of cheese? Yeah, absolutely. I want I want to stay on the topic. Okay. Of all right. Um, so can we like do a little mini episode of how the fuck do I make a great cheese board? That's within what I wanted this, to go to it's, next. It's like we're going super inception, like within the episode, within an episode. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so let's quickly talk about cheese mm. and how the fuck we can make a great cheese board. So, yeah. like, essential ingredients. So, let's just say, like, Ben, single dude. What up? He's bored with his ramen, even if it's styled beautifully. Love my ramen. <laughs> and he's going to make a cheese board tonight for six people. What are his... I'm just making this up. This is hypothetical. That sounds about um, right. <laughs> what are his essential ingredients like, okay. that we, he needs to okay. do this? So, um, Ben, first and foremost, like... So I'm going to tell you guys some rules, some tips and tricks, but like, I also believe there's kind of no rules. So like, obviously if I say like, you know, it's a mix of hard and soft cheeses general. Okay. So here's the tip mix of hard and soft cheeses and a mix of types of milk. So like a cow's milk is a cheddar, but a goat's milk, like there's also like goat's milk cheese, like um, a manchego is a sheep's milk cheese. So you can like have people interested in getting different like flavor notes. You want to mix it up. That being said, like, I would never tell you to serve something you hate. So it's like, you know, you want to follow the rule, but at the same time, like if you don't like blue cheese, don't put blue cheese on there. Like that's where I feel like. So as a host, you want to like everything that's on the board. You want to embody your own likes and personality. Like nothing. I mean, then 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 you probably shouldn't have six people coming over. So Yeah. But like mix of hard and soft, I think is a really good one. Then it comes to like adding in like the crackers. You want to have, you know, we live in LA. You want to have a gluten-free option. Maybe. Of course, of and course, that's true. On, guys, you want to have some veggies because there are low carb people as well. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but like adding in fruits and veggies to me, like that brings it to the next level. Because if you think about cheese and crackers, that's the color's white and brown, right? Like, so you need to bring in color to make it like a, the art of presentation. Right. Like, appealing to the like peppers or something. Yeah, or, or like raspberries. Like, so the combination of salty and sweet, you know, you've got your salty cheese and you bring in some like really nice blueberries or raspberries. So like that's adding some color. Then to impress your guests, because I know you want to. Yes, I, I do. Bring in, yeah, always. Um, I would bring in some specialty items. So you can like pick one, like a jar of honey. So like, for instance, that again, salty, sweet combo, that's like people take notice, right? It's not like the thing that they got at Ralph's that has like cheese cut up and all that stuff. It's there's a honey on there. Like, how do I use this honey? You get a honey dipper and like people like, I mean, it's like very Instagrammable. First of all, like people are going to want to take pictures of your cheese board. Yes. Now. Yeah. Cause I want to be tagged in those photos. You need to tag Megan so she can reshare it. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I, you should make your first cheese board. I think I and should share it with Meg. I really I should, should. Really brought supplies and we should have. <laughs> oh my God. We really should. We really messed this up. Yeah, we like, did. Season three. All season right. three. We're going to do a video. We're going to be doing some We can video always content. do a part two of this. That's true. That's yes. That's true. So, yeah. And then the, the last and final tip, which I alluded to earlier, is garnish. So rosemary, like you may, again, I, you don't necessarily have a garden here, but like, you know, anything green, it like just brings texture in. It's fancy. Um, lavender's great. Uh, let's say you have a dip in there. Like say you do hummus, like 
again, I'm not making hummus from scratch because that's like not my jam. But if I put that on a board, I'm taking out of that plastic container from the store. I'm putting it into a random ramekin. I'm wiping off the sides of it because it gets dirty. And then you want to like garnish with a little like um, olive oil and like maybe everything but the bagel seasoning or something like that. So again, there's little things you can do, even though you're not cooking up a storm that like make people go like, ooh, Ben knows what he's doing. I like that. Ben, you are ready. Are you I'm ready so to ready crush this cheese, cheese board? board? My one question though, is is what about the meats? What about the curated oh, meats? Because <laughs> like, I'm a meat eater. Me off my game. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. Put some meats in. Um, I think again, it's similar to the cheese. It's about variety. So like, I'll get some like thin calabrese and that's like spicy but then I'll get some like salami sechi which is harder and it's got like the rind around it like you just want to have a couple different like textures and varieties so again it also gets people talking too so if you're having a party and maybe it's people that don't all know each other they might not know what to talk about but they're like did you try the honey on that like piece of cheese with that oh, it's like all about like it's a nice conversation starter yeah. Smart. I never even thought of that that's yeah like, near did I you're like creating connection yeah I put like per- dried persimmons on my board and I think funny enough, a lot of people don't know dried persimmons. So it's like someone's asking about them, you know, and then you're like, oh, actually, we'll try it with the cheddar. You know, I love that. I take so, it very seriously. Guys. I love this. No, this is great. I mean, cheese boards are such an inter- integral part of a party. And yeah. I, I personally do really love cheese boards. And this, I mean, your tips are going to be taken very seriously here. <laughs> but I am curious to know your designs of the cheese boards are amazing. <laughs> I would just like dump my crackers out on the cheese board. Yeah. Dump my meat wipe you know the honey on the side somewhere like how do you come up with like the design or like how how would i like actually put it all together to how make do you it- put it together as a presentation yes thank you that's okay so cheeses first because like they're gonna like like um ground the board and again they're all white for the most part white or orange or whatever so you want to spread them out you don't want like all your like whites in one space all your reds in one space so i would spread them out around the board For your hard cheeses, I like to pre-cut them because, so soft cheeses are easy for your guests. Like they scoop it up, they put it on, but uh, if it's, did I say soft cheeses were easier or did I say hard cheeses? No, you said soft cheese was harder. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So soft cheeses are easy, but hard cheeses, like if you have a guest, like trying to cut down on a piece of cheese. It's awkward. So you want to make it easy just to like pick it, just pick. To nosh. Easy to nosh. Easy easy to nosh. Easy to nosh. Totally. And, and like. Again, I'm a food stylist because I say I am, but like, did I study cheese? No. However, like if I buy a piece of cheese and it's like, um, called it's, there's one called Harbison from James, uh, oh, I don't even know the brand, but like I go on the internet and I just Google it and I see how they serve it in their advertisements. Like, I think like people just like, Smart. you just take it a, a next level. Now, hopefully I'm that resource and people are coming and learning from me, but like, I have to study it up too. Like, I don't know all the answers. Yeah. If I've never tried something, I'll just like Google it and see how it looks best you know and so it's so it's cheeses okay sorry then then <laughs> what's meats. the then ben's favorite meat yep. meats. put like a couple different kinds around and then like with the crackers i would say i don't like to take too much real estate on the board with the crackers so i usually put some on the side as well as and this is like my it's hard because like we're obviously audio but if you guys can bear with me here i like to fan the crackers out so mm-hmm. like i'll take a bunch and i'll like fan them out around a ramekin um i'll do that same with like cucumbers it's all about like creating design and like looking at the different colors 
I mean, it sounds so pretentious, but it is. It's like, I just like, I like things to look kind of organized in a very like artisanal way. I noticed too that like, there's no empty space in your cheese board. Like everything yeah, your crannies yeah. filled in. So what, what do you recommend those little tiny nooks and crannies where there's just little, great like just point. throw some pistachios in. It's just, there's always something. You know. Okay. So absolutely in those holes, I like to fill in nuts for sure and garnish. That being said, this is a controversial thing. Like I don't leave any space on mine because I just, especially for Instagram and like when you're shooting photos, you want things to look really abundant. But like there are like cheesemongers out there who are like, you need to leave space for your guests so they can get in and there's room and it's not too crowded. Some people don't like things mixed. I'm all about the mix. Like I'm eating everything on that board. And like, you know, you want to take care of people who are like gluten-free if you know you're having a guest like that. But honestly, I'm all about the abundance. Fill in all those holes. So all right. I like it. I like, I like that, that style. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Makes me want to dive into it and mess it up. Maybe that's just like my <laughs> mindset. I'm like, I'm going to fuck that cheese board up. I'm going to get in there. Like everyone's like, it's so beautiful. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'm diving. <laughs> I'm in. Here's another quick tip is that you want your guests to feel comfortable about digging in. So if you were hosting Ben, like, I would have you like take a couple slices out, like start it off, put like an olive pit in like the little olive bowl. So like people feel like they get like, you don't want people to think it's too precious. Right. Right. So it's almost like if you're a host, dive into your own yeah, shit, make like make it yeah, approachable. like, Hey, be, yeah. be at home. Yeah. Okay. okay. Take your Instagram pics and then, like, and then destroy it. Yes. Um, okay. One last question regarding cheese before we get into yes. speed round. What are the must have tools? To do oh, a cheese board. Okay. So a board, obviously, to build it on. I mean, you could use like a cookie sheet if you wanted to, but I think it's nice to have like a nice wood board. What's your best suggestion of a wood board? I only ask because I'm actually in the market. You're in the market. I really well, am. Funny you ask. So um, so I like to shop at a bunch of different places, but I did just start, guys, um, on Amazon, because like you can get anything on Amazon, a little like starter kit um link like that I linked to, and it has like all my essentials. So if you're overwhelmed with like how do I even get started, I have like a small small board, a big board and a meeting bo medium board, depending on what you want. Then from there, ramekins. So like, for instance, if you're serving olives or cornichons, like those little, um, pickles. So the brine doesn't like get everywhere. I like to put the, the ramekins, a small bowl, Ben, I can see your face. Uh, like, I don't know what the fuck a ramekin I is, but I would ask. ask. It's okay. It's a small little bowl. I, I was going to pretend like question. I knew. <laughs> I can tell by your face. Well, now I'm just going to go live. Everyone's going to be like, Ben has no idea what a ramekin is. It's all right. Is. It's all right. We're learning. So We're learning I together. I always learn so much so during this pod. Okay. Mini bowls. For your sake. Thank you. Um, then I would get a honey dipper because again, I want you to take, I want you to impress your guests. I, I need to impress. Yeah. I have two, Ben. I can give you one. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Sweet. Cheese knives. Yep. Again, you like, I mean, certainly you could go in your drawer and pick out a, a knife, but no, you want people to feel like this is like something special and you can get them for like 10 bucks. And like, you want like different cheese knives on the board? Yeah. There's usually the sets that you can get, like have three on it in my okay. like, essential starter kit. It's like one that's got like two prongs where you pick up an already like cut piece of cheese. Another one where you can like cut into a soft cheese. Um, I mean like certainly I could recommend things forever and ever, but I would say those are the starters. And then there are cheese bags. Have you guys heard about cheese bags? No. no. So in the unlikely event that you have leftovers, unlikely, uh, very unlikely, but yeah. if you do, um, instead of putting it in like tinfoil or saran wrap, there are these bags that are, um, I don't know. I think they're like kind of like paper bag, but they let the cheese breathe with keeping the moisture in so they don't dry out. And they last like two times longer than more than like a plain old sandwich Ziploc bag. Exactly. Cause that's what I do. That's bad. Uh -huh. Oh, it's bad. 
that. You're like, oh. no, let that cheese breathe. Shit, I didn't know. Gotta let that cheese breathe, all right, Martha. Now I know, let everybody. that breathe. Wow, see? So, like, those are We're all learning. That, like, are in the starter kit, so you, like, get started. I mean, like, wood oil to make sure you take care and oil your board so it keeps looking great. You definitely don't oil my boards. Yeah. It's okay. Like, I'm, I'm pretty lazy about that. That's okay, good to know. How many yeah. boards do you have personally? Oh God, so many. I was going to say. Too many. I need to like get rid of some of them. But I do I'm in the market them. for a cheese board. Okay. <laughs> part, part two, I'm coming over with a giftable cheese oh, board. Oh, sweet. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to ask, but. <laughs> but I just did. My biggest failure is not bringing one. Like how dumb. I should have brought one today. So in my dining room, though, I do display them all like kind of in a gallery wall. Oh, that's cool. Like they don't fit on the floor. Like there's nowhere to put them them so i have a ton yes. i love that yeah would you suggest someone having more than one cheese board that not is just you know the like like a you would yeah you like a me like should, a I, you. should i should i you know uh, do i need to bring you three cheese boards no no, no no i'm for three ben. Just, that's a legitimate <laughs> you are question overstepping, no. ben. What's happening? do you have any utensils or plates <laughs> or anything else really, uh, i don't <laughs> know what they look like i'm just gonna have to have you bring them <laughs> um i say start with one start with a small okay. the medium-sized one but um eventually we'll get you to have like a couple a couple okay and then like a um you know oh god i can't even think of the word well like a rectangle yeah yeah you, yeah. Couple, you can use like a, if you have a cutting board in here which i think you do right there we i do essentially use that got it got it okay Good to know. You don't have to like go full steam. We go all out. Okay. No. Um, since you were kind of getting into like some fun questions, I think it's time for speed round. I think it's time for the speed round. So Meg, we do speed round. I think you know this already. So we, we basically switch off asking you some fun lightning round questions. Ben, do you want to kick it off? Do you want me to go first? Go for it. Okay. You ready? Oh God. Yes. <laughs> if you could only eat one type of cheese for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh. Okay. Well, I'd love to say uh, like a fancy cheese. I'm going to choose Trader Joe's Unexpected Cheddar. <gasps> Ooh, yes, I have. Okay, it's got like flavor crystals in it. Yes. It's amazing. I'm a big fan and it's cheap. It's cheap cheese. I love it. All right. Is there a cheese that you hate? Okay, so I, I recently like started transitioning to liking blue cheese, but I wasn't always into it. And I think it's taken finding the right one and like pairing it with the honey. But yeah, I'm not always, and it's like kind of embarrassing because I'm supposed to be this cheese connoisseur, but I'm not that big into blue. That's fair enough. That's fair. It took me a while to it's like required. blue cheese too. Yeah. Your favorite place that you've ever traveled so far? I love Positano in Italy. I love the beach. It's just like that life. Nice. Fate or luck? For sure, fate combined with following your gut. I like that. Wow. Is there another influencer that you follow religiously on Instagram? I'm going to give it up to Emily Henderson, who I said before, she's an interior design blog stylist. And she kind of influenced me in terms of how to like give value to your audience, like really teaching people things versus just showing pretty things. What's her Instagram handle? At M. Henderson. At M. Henderson. All, all right. That's right. great. Now we can all follow her. Um, what are your best places for inspiration? I mean, I'm just going to say Instagram. And what I want to say about this is that I think a lot of people can look at Instagram and, and, you know, the negative part of it, right? Like, I don't have that bikini body or I'm not out on a Friday night and feel bad. But to me, Instagram showed me a life I wanted. Like, I saw these women who had flexibility in their careers, were doing things they loved. And for me, that was like, oh shit, I can do it too. So I, I love Instagram. I, like Instagram I love Instagram too. too. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> Is it me? It's you. Best piece of advice you've ever received. It was that just get started. Like do not hesitate, freaking get started. Just do it. 
Favorite age so far? Oh my goodness. Well, obviously I love my 20s running around with you and Andy too. That was fun. Friends. That was great. And while I said like this transition wasn't for the faint of heart and it was really hard and I feel like I went through a lot, I will tell you there's no greater feeling than doing something that you're scared of and coming out on the other side. Like I feel like finally at peace with like the universe is going to take care of me. Like how, like I've had to like go on TV shows for this thing. Like I never wanted, that's not me. That's not what I wanted to do, but I freaking did it. Cause I was like competitive and like coming out and like being like, Oh, I survived it. And I didn't die. Like that's the best. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. So now, so this, now, this year now, if more good things come to me, they will, <laughs> they will. The universe sure. has this, has a plan. All right. You get to close it out. All right. For our final one, fill in the blank. Happiness is. Um, surrounded by friends laughing connection. Yes. Love that. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you for being with us, for sharing all the advice and learnings you had of this brave career transition. And obviously it's turned out so great for you and also for teaching us and Ben how to make a cheese board. I'm, I'm so ready. I'm, I'm going to kill the cheese board. My you're, game is going to just skyrocket. I, I really want to see you style ramen on a board. Like, can we please have ramen you, on a like board? next time you make yeah. top ramen, will you just try I'm to gonna, style it and take a picture I'll of it? I'll do it on our stories on social for Amazing. sure. I will do that. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, yeah. this is the best. You didn't say 100%. I know. Meg did once. I know. You did. You did. Meg said it. Should we do the Meg credits you for the 100%? Yeah. I, I think we should. All right. We you can, can do that. You can inherit Meg. So give us one farb fact. Uh, one farb fact is that um, I have a busted right shoulder that I, I didn't know that. injured uh when I snowboarded and it like completely disaligned and that was like three years ago and it's still a problem to this day. It's like here and there, but like it's a little bit injury and it like my shoulders actually don't look symmetrical. Like one shoulder looks different from the other. I was curious about that. It's this one. It's my right shoulder. But this is a gross far back. Was that too gross? I don't know. I was like, I don't know what so to much say. fun as it was gross, but you know what? What counted? You know, it's just like my body looks a little different on each side. It's you cool, know? man. Yeah. We, we've all been through things. There you go. There's my far back. All right. It's a good one. Well, thanks for sharing. No problem. Thanks for being here, Meg. Thank you guys. Everybody. Podcast yeah. down. And first for, podcast first down. First podcast down. And where can people follow you, see your cheese boards, quick plug of where to follow you? You and find you um, at ain't too proud to Meg. So it's A I N T T O O proud to Meg. Awesome. Be sure to follow her on Instagram and go check out all of the amazing cheese board photos. I tell you, you you will be very stimulated for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. What an incredible episode. Yeah. I mean, like that was unbelievable that Meg took such a massive risk and is really coming out on top. I mean, I feel like this was a very important episode for us. Absolutely. I think it's, I think I love what you share. Just taking risks. Don't be afraid. Take that first step. Doesn't matter if you know where the staircase is going. Just take that. Just first step. do it. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's going to be some really powerful stuff so everyone go take a risk today go do it all right